last week on Thomas and the Bible. Saul polishes off his letter to the Romans with a reminder that he is Jebus's mouthpiece and a call out to his posse who are on their way to Rome. Saul isn't done with us though and we jump into his first letter to the Corinthians. He begins as he finished Romans, letting them know that only Saul knows what Jebus wanted. Will the rest of this have anything new or did Saul just search and replace Roman with Corinthian? Let's find out this week on Thomas and the Bible. Oh, thank you, Kevin, for another amazing intro. They're always good. Uh, yeah, the show is Thomas and the Bible. I'm uh, I'm the Bible, and this here in my hand is Thomas. And we're on 1 Corinthians, a uh, number three. And we're going to re- be reading three through eight. And uh, it's pretty horrendous. I'm not going to lie. This has been pretty bad. So let's give it a try. Uh, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are not, ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For what, is he saying he's above that? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase." Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, and ye are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder. This guy had a high opinion of himself. I feel like Paul probably didn't have a lot of friends. I think... I think most people who invent religions don't have a lot of friends, and they're like, no, you'll see when I make the rules, when I make the rules, everyone's going to be my friend. I'm going to be, I'm going to be the greatest. I'm going to be like God's right-hand man. Everyone will have to talk to me, and then I'll make the rules. You'll see. I I feel like a lot of it is that, And but he's doing this bit where it's like, oh, look, I'm amazing, but it's not really me. It's God. Oh, let's see, where did I see that thing that I just read? Oh, it's so hard to keep my spot in this. I've never had a harder time keeping my spot than in these Pauline letters, Pauline epistles, because they're so bad, like they're so boring. I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward, If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer a loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? 
If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Let no man deceive himself. If any among you seemeth wise, uh, sorry, I lost my spot, uh, seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. Mm-hmm, that doesn't make sense. What you said just doesn't make sense. I know it's some deepity. Oh, if he's if he seems wise, let him become a fool that he may be wise. Oh, that's just, that's a deepity. For, actually, you know, technically probably isn't a deepity, because I think a deepity has a really obviously true meaning, and this just doesn't have a true meaning. <laughs> it's just like, this is more, we need a new word for the ones that are like mystery men, the guy in Mystery Men is like, oh, if you have to go, if you want to go left, you go right. If you want to go up, you go down. That we need that. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are vain. Therefore, let no man glory in men. For all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life, or death, or things present, or things to come, all are yours, and ye are Christ's, and Christ is God's. And that's the end of uh, 1 Corinthians 3. Yeah, I like, that's a cool thing that God did. So God made a world, right? And he made, gave us brains, and we have a bunch of things. We got economics, we got astrophysics, we got theoretical physics, we got science, we got math, we got just all kinds of things. Just just every different field you can imagine, philosophy, all this stuff. And and then we've got Paul here. He's like, nah, don't bother with that. <laughs> you know, all those things that are amazing that, uh, you know, like learning, book learning, all that. Nah, doesn't matter. Why would God bother with all this? Why, why do we, what, why bother with this world of things? There is no point. It is the stupidest system I've ever heard of. I'm going to create, just create the afterlife. We'll just all be there. There's their free will in heaven. We'll just all be free of sin in heaven or whatever. Just don't create anything. There's no reason for it. Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self, for I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified. But he that judgeth me is the Lord. Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness, and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts, and shall every man, and then shall every man have praise of God. And these things, brethren, I have in a figure transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sakes, that ye might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written, that no one of you be puffed up one against another. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? Now ye are full, now ye are rich, now ye have reigned as kings without us, and I would go to God ye did reign. Uh, and I would to God ye did reign, that we also might reign with you. For I think that God hath set forth us the apostles last, as it were appointed to death. For we are made a spectacle unto the world, and to angels and to men. So, somewhat good message there. I mean, I, I'll give him credit, give the devil his due. 
he's saying like, well, why, if you have something, like, why are you proud of it? Cause you just got it from God. Like God just did everything, which I mean, it's, it's not true that God did, but it is true that, you know, ultimately we don't really control our fate. I mean, I don't really, it's, it's, it's basic free will philosophy. I mean, everything in your life comes down to choices that were made before you were born. So you shouldn't really be too proud of things you have. So I, I think that's an okay message. Uh, and then he's saying like, whatever, let's see, uh, for who maketh thee to differ from another. So that just means like, who, who is it? Somebody made it so that you're better or worse, I guess, than other people. We are fools for Christ's sake. Oh, there's where that comes. Is that where that, that comes from? For Christ's sake. Although everyone always says for Christ's sakes or for like, for Pete's sakes, I love how people say that. You don't understand that it's for some someone's sake. Like what? How do people go through their whole lives thinking for Pete's sakes means something or for Christ's sakes? Like that doesn't even, it's so weird how people do that. I'm, I'm sure maybe there are things that I do that with, but I don't think as many things as some people. We are fools for Christ's sakes, <laughs> for Christ's sake, but ye are wise in Christ. We are weak, but ye are strong. Ye are honorable, but we are despised. Even unto this present hour, we both hunger and thirst and are naked and are buffeted and have no certain dwelling place and labor, working with our hands, being reviled, we bless, being persecuted, we suffer it. Being defamed, we entreat, we are made as the filth of the world and are the offscouring of all things unto this day. I write not these things to shame you. But as my beloved sons, I warn you, with just where did, who died and made this guy king of earth? Seriously. Oh, my beloved sons, I'll warn you. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thanks, Paul, buddy. It's, it's so nice of you to warn us about how terrible we are. For though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore, I beseech you, be ye followers of me. This is a cult leader. For this cause I have sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. Now some are puffed up, as though I would not come to you, but I will come to you shortly, if the Lord will, and will know not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power." What will ye? Shall I come unto you with a rod or in love and in the spirit of meekness? All right, Corinthians 5. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. Look, I, he's like a teacher. <laughs> All right, I've heard some reports that there is uh, there's some fornicating going on over there in Corinth. Guys, I'll put you in time out. Such fornication is not so much as named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife. And ye are puffed up, and have not rather mourned that he hath done this deed might be taken away from among you. For I verily, as absent in body, but present in spirit, have judged already, as though I were present, concerning him that hath done so, so done this deed. <laughs> I'm looking at you, fornicators. I know who it was. This is seriously that. Oh, look, I might not be there. But I know, I know who it is, you. You know who you are, fornicators. <laughs> I've judged you. I'm not going to say who it is. I just, whoever it is, they know that I know it's that person. 
to deliver such a one unto Satan for, oh wait, hold on, uh, let's see, for I verily, but yeah, Judge Kearns, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together, and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your glorying is not good. Know ye that a little hev- uh, leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump. Yeah, we all want to be a lump. That's a good, that's a great image. Good tool there. Good analogy. Oh, we're not lumpy enough. As ye are unleavened, for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with old le- with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote unto you in an epistle, not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with the covetous, or extortioners, or with idolaters, for then must ye needs go out of the world. But now have I written unto you, not to keep company, if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, or covetous, or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, with such an one know not to eat." For I, what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within, but them that are without God judgeth. Therefore put away from among yourselves that wicked person. So it's a fine line there. You can't judge, but then you need to not have them around you. So I feel like that involves some judgment. Look, I'm not judging you, but you're going to hell and I can't be around you. First Corinthians 6. Dare any of you... Having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust and not before the saints. Do ye not know, do ye not know that the saints shall judge this world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? If then ye have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. I speak to your shame. Is it so, that there is not a wise man among you. No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren, but brother goeth to law with brother, and that before the unbelievers. Now therefore, there is utterly a fault among you, because you go to law with one another. Why do ye not rather take wrong? Why do ye not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? Nay, ye do wrong and defraud, and that your brethren." Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, <laughs> effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God." All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Meets for the So he's basically saying like there's no law like why are you He's pretty much saying, okay, when when you wrong each other, why do you go to human, you know, like your laws and your judges and all that when really you should just be leaving it to God? It's it seems like he's saying that. He's it seems like he's saying like, look, None, drunkards, covetous, all that, they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God, so why bother? Like, why do you try to, you know, get justice here? Why waste your time with that? It sounds like anarchy, really. It's like anarchy and then, 
which was kind of consistent with Jesus's message, which was like, look, we're going to be raptured any day. So don't worry about that. Just like they'll be, they'll be in hell. You'll be fine. Uh, meats for the belly at the belly. <sighs> there we go. And the belly for meats, but God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord and for the Lord for the body. And God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us by his own power. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every This is coming from a dude who didn't get laid in high school. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. So which is it? Do we have original sin in our body just by... uh? By by uh, by product of our being born human, or are we a temple of God? Seems like it couldn't be both, doesn't it? I don't know how the physics of that works, but it seems like a temple of God shouldn't be a place where original sin can also live. Or is that a different compartment? So we got a we are, our body's a temple of God, but then we've got an original sin compartment somewhere, and then never the twain shall meet. I guess. Oh, First Corinthians 7. Now, concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me. Oh, that's a bad idea. That's like writing to someone who sent you junk mail, guys. You don't write back to someone who sends you junk mail. You just ignore it. Throw it in the bin, as the uh, British would say. Throw it in the trash. You don't write. That's just encouraging them. That's the problem. They probably wrote back saying like, Dear Paul, please stop writing to us. Thank you. And then he's like, oh, Okay, they want me to write back. <laughs> Concerning the things wherever you wrote unto me, is it good for man not to touch a woman? <laughs> Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render unto the wife with due, due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband. Oh, there you go. That's a good message, guys. And likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. Oh, okay. Well, it's fair is fair. Defraud ye not one the other, except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. But I speak this by permission, and not of commandment. For I would that all men were even as myself, but every man hath his proper gift of God, one after this mem uh, manner and another after that. Is he saying like he's a virgin and he's wishing every man would be like him? But he's like, oh, I understand we can't all be as perfect as me because that's what I'm getting from this. I say, therefore, to the unmarried and widows, it is good for them if they abide even as I. Yeah, see, there you go. But if ye cannot contain, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn. And unto the married I command, yet not I but the Lord, let not the wife depart from her husband. But if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband, and let not the husband put away his wife. But to the rest speak, I, not the Lord. If any brother hath a wife that believe not, and she that please to dwell with him, let him not put her away. 
And the woman which hath an husband that believed not, if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife. Oh, that's convenient. And the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now they are holy. So it's just one, takes one believer in a family. You need one per family, you're covered. But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God hath called us to peace. For what knowest thou, O wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband? Or how knowest thou, O man, whether thou shalt save thy wife? Thou shalt save thy wife. But as God hath distributed to every man, as the Lord hath called every one, so let him walk, and in so I ordain in all the churches. Is any man being called circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Is any called in circum- uncircumcision? Let him not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing, <laughs> and uncircumcision is nothing, but the keeping of the commandments of God. Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. Art thou called being a servant? Care not for it. But if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's free man. And likewise, although also he that is called, being free, is Christ's servant. So, yeah, it's, it's, there you go. Accept your lot in life. This is basically the caste system, kind of. Like, if you're a, if you're a slave, yeah, don't worry about it, because God. If you're free, nah, okay, but you're a slave to God. So, I think I'd rather be free and then be, like, quote-unquote, a slave to God. Ye are bought with a price. Be not the servants of men. Brethren, let every man wherein he is called therein abide with God. Now, concerning virgins... I have no commandment of the Lord, yet I give my judgment as the one that hath obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful. There you go. I suppose, therefore, that this is good for the present distress, I say, that it is good for a man to so be. Art thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loosed. Art thou loosed from a wife? Seek not a wife. What? But if, but and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she hath not sinned. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh, but I spare you. But what the fuck? This guy's like, oh, I guess you can get married. If you have to get married, I, you know, I don't condone it, but I guess it's okay. Like, you can, I guess you can, you know, have sex and use your private parts that God gave you for no reason, apparently. But I spare you. But this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they had none. And they that weep, as though they wept not, and they that rejoice, as though they rejoice not, and they that buy, as though they possess not, and they that use this world, as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passeth away. But I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married careth for the things that are of the world how he may please his wife. Yeah, so that's why he doesn't want people to get married. He's like, oh, then you, you know, then your wife, like, you know, wants you to talk to her, do nice things, go out to dinner. It's just crap. You just got to give that time to God. There is difference also between wife and a virgin. An unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she that is married careth for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I speak for your own profit. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you, Paul. That is so nice of you. Guys, he's telling us these things that like we just need to be slaves to God and can't get married or shouldn't get married. 
He's selling that for us. He's doing it for us. So it's a for our own profit. Not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, and that ye may attend upon the Lord without distraction. Oh, thank you, Paul. Thank you for telling me how to be, like, just attend upon the Lord without distraction. Thank you. Oh, that's so nice of you. Shut up. God, what an asshole. Just shut up, dude. I'm so tired of Paul. I really am. Like, we, we, we do you really think an all-powerful being needs this doting from us? Like, oh, I don't want to have a wife because then I can't give God his proper time. Like, I need to care for him and talk to him and just massage him and just be like, oh, God, you're so good. I just need to say that all the time. What does he need? It's so, it's so ridiculous. It's, I... Paul is the most. Paul is one of the most frustrating characters that I've, we've had to read. I mean, he's just. First off, he's making this entire thing up himself, and it's just so condescending. But if any man think that he behaveth himself uncomely toward his virgin, if she pass the flower of her age and need so require, let him do what he will. He sinneth not. Let them marry. <laughs> Nevertheless, he that standeth steadfast in his heart, having no necessity, but hath power over his own will and hath so decreed in his heart that he will keep his virgin, doeth well. So then he that giveth her in marriage doeth well, but he that giveth her not in marriage doeth better. The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth, but if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married, whom she will only in the Lord. But she is happier if she so abide after my judgment, and I think also that I have the spirit... (laughs) This is awesome. And I think also that I have the spirit of God. <laughs> so he's giving his opinion. He's like, yeah, so um, in my opinion, like, I think you should not get married. Um, and, and like, I do think I have the spirit of God. So you should probably take my word for it because like, and it's just my advice. And like, oh, and I think I have the spirit of God, by the way. I don't want to mention that. Like, I definitely am pretty holy. So I'd probably listen to me. First Corinthians 8. Now as touching things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. And if any man think that he have no, that he knoweth, sorry, that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing, yet as he ought to know. Okay, sure, good rule. Yeah, another another deepity except not. So another mystery men thing. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. As concerning, therefore, the eating of those things that are offend, that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the word, and that there is none other god but one. For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many, but to us there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him." Howbeit there is not in every man that knowledge for some with conscious conscience of the idol unto this hour, eat it as a thing offered unto an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. But meat commandeth us not to God, for neither if we eat are we the better, neither if we eat not are we the worse. But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. For if any man see thee which has knowledge, sit at meat in the idol's temple. Shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are not which are offered to idols? This is what is this? Any and through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish, for whom Christ died. But when ye sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. 
Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. So it's just saying, like, don't, there's, I don't know, I guess, I don't know if it's literal or not. I like, I, I can't tell if this is an, a metaphor or if he actually means, like, don't, look, don't eat this, the, the meat that's like a offering. Like, just don't eat it. Keep hands off. If you do, you might encourage other people. And if you make other people sin, then, then you're just, you're being bad. All right, well, that's our amazing reading for today. That was just so much fun. I'd like to thank Angus McGillicuddy and Philip Gatt for being new patrons, not only new badass awesome patrons, but $5 patrons. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate that. I got to work on merch to send you guys. I will. I'll do it. I promise. I got to work on that like now. Uh, and I want to thank my all-time greats, John Bodley, Chris Lukowski, Marcel, Philip Gatt, uh, Angus McGillicuddy, as I just said, Sarah McPike, Japan, Dan, Stacey Sweeney, George Green, Charles Bangwiener, Tom Chambers, Brian Gareford, Lee Primesberger, John P., Travis Peterson, Eriberto, and Rob. Thank you guys so much. Very much appreciated. Patreon.com slash T and the B if you'd like to be so kind enough as to support the show. And I'll try to get some merch out to you guys at some point. Thank you for listening. This has been Thomas in the Bible. I will see you next week.